Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. doing daniel ruiz tyson is available for monday the 24th of may 2021 with me daniel ruiz tyson episode 329 the long-running indie podcast which in this increasingly mainstream celebrity fronted podcast world is probably held in the same low regard as the astrazeneca jab it is monday and of course monday is well, Monday is when I do this. Hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. 16.57 hours, another late recording, just trying to knock the levels down. Manhole cover, the noisy manhole cover is back with a vengeance, bothering me all weekend. I don't think that's anything to do with how I'm dealing with uh, stress right now. I just think it's it's a noisy manhole cover and it's right outside the building and I've had nearly three years of it and it would bother you and if you were podcasting and there's every chance that you're also a podcaster because I think there's very few people in this country now who aren't podcasting it would be bothering you even more this thing just uh, it wrecks any audio work it really does so I'm still waiting for Thames Water to come back to me with an update on when the cover is going to be repaired if you listen to episode 328 out last Thursday, I think I mentioned on that that there is some blue spray on the largest of the three manhole covers, which is the one that's causing all the uh, all the rattling now since they uh, returned for a third time to fix it. And they had confirmed that there is an, uh, a known issue again. But they called me last week to confirm that they know there is an issue, that an engineer had come out, but I can't remember when they said they would be fixing it, and I've had no response via Twitter messages uh, today. I'll chase that up again tomorrow. I, I I think it's going to be very difficult to fix it. It's It's a main road. I'm not aware that there are quiet manhole covers. Are there rubber manhole covers like you get rubber soled football boots or you used to when I was a kid and you know when I'm reading all these old player biographies some of these players talk about wearing rubber studs I wonder if there are manhole covers that are the manhole cover equivalent of that I don't know what was here before I don't remember there being manhole covers before they came in that um faithful faithful for me anyway summer of uh 2018 just before I went under the knife to uh, sort out my uh, foot fracture that's when the work was first done I can't remember what was there before but it wasn't whatever was there before if there was anything there before wasn't noisy not sleeping another couple of bad nights didn't have any catnaps either really this weekend 
and uh, I'm staying up, as I always do on late Sunday nights, to listen to um, Howard Hughes and The Unexplained. I have to say I'm not really enjoying it in recent months. I think that's more to do with me than the show itself, although they do try and cram in way too much into the live show. And also that crossover between the podcast and the radio show is increasingly blurred. So if you're a long-standing podcast listener to The Unexplained, as I am, Every time a, a new podcast comes out, you've already heard it on the radio, and uh, I don't really agree with that. I think the two shows need to remain distinct, and uh, I probably need to just get back into the habit of catching up with it on a Monday morning as I, as I uh, used to, rather than staying up for the full three hours. Any time when I'm in danger of uh, dozing, you know, dozing off, whether it's during the unexplained or just when I'm watching anything or trying to watch something... I'm always just woken up or startled by the jerking. It's not restless leg syndrome. It's not restless arm syndrome. You know, you can watch these videos on YouTube and see people sleeping and their arms are moving or their legs are moving or one of their legs are moving rather, you know, moving limbs. It's not that. It's gone beyond that. It's my whole body just jerks. It just shoots up. At times, honestly, I'm almost coming off the bed at least the lower part of my torso is almost coming off the bed, you know, the stomach and the rear lifting off the bed, and I wake up again and realize I've dozed off. And uh, these meditation podcasts, they're not helping. I'm going through a few. I'm listening to um, Deep Energy podcast, and there's one episode, I think it's episode 600, part two, which the mood music on that is so brilliant. What happens is I end up listening to all of it, so I don't go to sleep. And as I'm listening to all of it, I start imagining creating these montages in my head. And, you know, I'm back on Kid Cop, that, you know, brilliant imaginary US cop drama that ran from 1980 to 1992. The music, I mean, we could have done with music that good. It is quality. The problem is I keep revisiting that episode, episode 600 of the Deep Energy podcast, because no other episode so far has come close to it. And I start all over again. There's another montage. And I have to say, it wasn't until NYPD Blue arrived in 94 that I thought, okay, I think finally I might have found a better cop show than Kid Cop. Went for a run Early this morning, the usual thing, just feeling seriously weak when I'm running, did my two laps, two laps and a bit. It was decent. It was just under 7K. But, you know, very quickly, as soon as I'm out there and, you know, when I'm going out there, I start telling myself, maybe I can do a third lap. Maybe I can get back to doing three laps, you know, as I used to basically before uh, before the virus. I, I, I'm aware that I'm making some sounds, I think, in between sentences today, that I'm just already, I'm stopping sentences abruptly. And before I go on to the next one, I'm making a sound. I'm, I'm as jerky vocally as I am when I'm trying to sleep. Just everything about me right now is jerky. And I was out there anyway in the park this morning. And as soon as I'm out there, as soon as I'm starting the run, just right away, that third lap, I know that it's not going to happen. At some point, it's got to happen. I didn't go out for a run on Friday because it was so windy, and that is my least favorite of the many uh, least favorite running conditions that I have. That is, uh, that is the ultimate. You know, I've got all these trees, as I said, I think, on the Patreon podcast last week. 
all these trees outside. I always look out the window from this desk and if I see those trees moving, it gives me an idea of how difficult the run might be for me, particularly as I start uphill and on Friday, you know, the, the gusts, they weren't going to go. And I gave it till about 1800 hours. I thought I can do a late run, you know, uh, try all you want that switch to Thursday nights now, which is far better for me. But uh, those winds weren't coming down, uh, calming down even. And Saturday, I thought, I, I, I had no energy on Saturday. Uh, 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 I had no energy on Saturday, he said, starting again. I was so lethargic on Saturday. I've given myself so much to do. I'm my own worst enemy. But look, positives. I got out there this morning, got out there early, got the armband I hadn't dealt with the rip, the rip on the latest armband uh, a couple of weeks ago. So when I got in today, I finally glued it, lacking common sense. And about 30 minutes ago, I had to peel it off the kitchen worktop. Need to um, scrape off some of the uh, glue that's seeped through the uh, fabric. Need to scrape it off the kitchen worktop just to add it to the uh, general state of this place that's all it needed glue on the uh, kitchen worktops so i think it's a combination of being left weakened by the virus but also it's a hilly local park and it does tax me and it's interesting to note that it does tax people who i regard as brilliant runners far better than me there's a runner that i follow on instagram phenomenal runner she runs seven days a week all over london mainly south london she runs on a uh, proper athletics tracks as well and uh, she finally tackled my local park at the weekend she did a 10k so they must have had a race in there and I looked at um, her race map afterwards and obviously the 10k post-covid has just eluded me but first thing I looked at was her time and more so the pace I was really curious as to what her pace would be and I was heartened that her time wasn't all that better than my 10k best from late last year and I'm about 10 years older than her and I think that they they were better their time was better than my 10k times just not ridiculously better so that made me feel okay but the pace was really interesting that's where I was able to gauge maybe just how difficult that park is she'd fallen back by quite a bit in terms of her regular daily pace and the pace she registered in my park was far closer. In fact, it was pretty much the same as my own pace, even now. And it's that park. It's so hilly. It drains the energy, I think, of any runner. It's hilly. The grass right now is so long too. It just saps your energy. So in a way, it was good to see that. It was encouraging to see that because more often than not, I'm looking at her times and thinking, Christ, that is a that is a proper runner. I'm never going to be at that level. But to to see her tackle my park and not struggle in my park, but I think she said in her post that she could feel it. She she hadn't felt great on that run, and it made me think I'm not as bad as I often think I am. Meantime, though, that, that third lap does elude me. I wore too many tops today. It felt cold in the flat. Cold even. Cold. Cold. It felt cold in the flat. I went out there with five tops. 
very quickly. I realized I was wearing one top too many at least. I had a hat on as well. The hat had to come off as soon as I was out there, which means then I'm having to run with the hat in my hand. I then had to stuff it down my shorts. And I was worrying that I might lose the hat on the run. So it wasn't ideal. I think right now, going forward, at least into the autumn, I ought to make a point of not running with more than four tops. I think four is the cutoff point. Had the uh, suntan cream on as well. Running low on that. Need to um, need to buy some more. Weird dreams again. And last night's dream, or this morning's dream, it was this morning's dream because I woke up really early, before seven, and I just had to get up. And it was the dream that woke me up. And I was in a place where I've been in before in my recent dreams. Say over the last six months, this weird department store that I can't quite recognise, I think it's on Stockwell Road, on the site of a hairdresser's on the corner, directly facing Landall Road, but rather than being this small hairdresser's that until recently looked like it had last been refurbished around um, 1977, and for some reason... I keep having this dream of going into this department store and it's located on the side of this salon and it's only a small salon and the entrance in this dream department store is very small. It's just a small doorway but you step in and it's got multiple floors, there are escalators, it's like a proper department store and it's weird that as I've gotten older, certainly the last couple of years, I keep having repetitive dreams of places that have never existed, places that I've never been to, but they become a regular feature in my dreams. There's the department store that I've managed to pinpoint to being somewhere around either Waterloo or Loughborough Junction. Loughborough Junction is just off the back of Brixton in between Brixton and Camberwell. And I don't know why I keep going to this particular store in my dreams and I keep going there to buy comics and I haven't bought comics for about 30 years. Although often I've had dreams about going to buy comics because it was something that I really enjoyed doing as a kid or in my teens. So it's weird anyway. Um, I'm just going to knock the gain down uh, or knock the volume down on this these cables. It's so difficult to get these uh, levels right. I, I can't be asked to return this latest cable that I've bought. So I was in this department store and this one was on Vauxhall Bridge Road, the, the Victoria end. And it's, um, I don't know if it's Francis Street. There's a road in Victoria that leads to where E4 used to be. Either way, I've cut through there a lot, even just in the last 10 years, but there's no store there. There's nothing there. It's just a nondescript office building. But that, in my dream, that was a department store this morning, and it has been before. And I was aware in this dream that I wasn't meant to be in that department store. And there was some celebrity gathering and Elton John turned up, probably one of my least favorite celebrities. He turned up, he was wearing some purple suede suits and fawning over all these other celebrities. And I think I was hiding behind some sofa trying to work out how I could get outside of the building. And I think in the end I was, uh, I was rumbled. And it's just weird. I wonder if you might have a recurring dream and I wonder if this might be an opportunity to bring in a new DRT is available feature that quickly tanks if you have a recurring dream that takes you somewhere that you've never been to that doesn't exist tell us what it is 
DRT available at westegg1607.go.uk dream or recurring dream in the subject header. Let's see if any of you want to um, or have something that you may want to submit. So it's been a long week. It always seems to be a long week. I've been my own worst enemy in recent months, you know, stressed. I'm now trying to avoid working at the weekend. It's just no point doing all this audio work at uh, the weekend. The hours just stack up. The money doesn't really come in. And, you know, if I had a if I had a decent life, I wouldn't be doing this. Hopefully I'd be able to do better things. A friend asked me something which I thought was a really good question and I feared the answer. They said, if you're doing all this work for such little money now, what would you do if the money was coming in? Would you be working even harder? I do have a problem. I, I have a problem with switching off. I'm not very good at switching off. I mean, TV can't help me switch off. It's books at the moment are the godsend and even now, in and around just the books I read for leisure, for enjoyment. I'm having to do a lot of reading for the football show, so that has also become work. I think the housing issue is definitely preying on my mind. I need to to get out of this place. I'm not seeing a way out of this right now. I was meant to do some stuff on that today. I still haven't got around to it. It's a precarious situation, and you know, being here doesn't really do me any good mentally. It's just a difficult one to be in this particular environment. There are moments at the moment, thankfully, fleeting moments, but there are nevertheless moments where I have to work hard to snap out of it, to just step away from the memories that are associated with this place, the difficult memories, and there's just no real plan formulating to get out of here. It's not in my hands. That's that's what's uh, difficult right now. I'm not in control of much of what I'm doing. And all I seem to be doing is just throwing myself into more and more work for little gain. You know, if I was topping up my bank balance and that at least gave me a chance to get out of here. But, you know, that's not even happening. So... With that in mind and, and seeing physically where I'm leaving myself with all these hours and knowing that as that anxiety begins to rise in me, as I, I come to what is a very critical week for me after months of waiting, this is a, a big week for me where I will have an idea maybe of what's going on. Um, I need to uh, try and step back from things. I need to make sure that I down tools at the weekend, that I try and rest. And this weekend I was able to do that. I was able to do that because I simply wasn't able to do anything else. I was so lethargic. And, you know, life can do that to you. But at the same time as well, I've done that to myself. And that kind of makes me angry. A lot of the things that happened last year and early this year, they were out of my hands. So that makes me angry in a way because without those things happening, I probably wouldn't have some of the issues that I'm having at the moment, some of the issues that I need to or will be getting addressed this week. But there's also culpability on my part. There's also what I what I don't do to try and make things better. You know, I've got my breathing exercises. I've got the meditation stuff. Why am I not doing it? You know, you might find it boring. But if it's going to help you, why don't you start incorporating it into your day? I'm certainly not doing that at the minute. I just get up and I'm like a Duracell bunny running on the Poundland Kodak. 
battery. Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Episode 329. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607WestEgg, Facebook.com forward slash DRT available. It has become even harder for me now to post anything on the Facebook site. Uh, long story short, personal page converted into a group page almost a decade ago now. Facebook have in the last uh, six or seven months made it more difficult for these pages to function now and I can't even use them on a, a mobile browser which is the only way I've been able to get them to work since the middle of last year so I've now had to rely or am having to rely on the Facebook app which looks like it will have to stay on my mobile that's the only way for me to actually post on any of uh, my uh, uh, group pages whether it's this show or the football show it's just an absolute pain you can find all my work of course at danielruistizen.com there are paypal and coffee.com links on there if you want to make a one-off donation and get the latest patreon episode bonus that went out last week you'll get that we transferred to you if you do make a one-off donation uh, most importantly of course the best way to support this work is via the patreon page sign up at patreon.com forward slash drt available episode three to eight that patron exclusive that was out last thursday for show supporters i'm biased but it's possible that was my best uh, show of this year to date i always turn out a good show when I'm not feeling too bright, I think it becomes a, a bit of an outlet for me. And it's just good to use that patron page to just uh, get rid of a few things that might be uh, preying on my mind. Feeling happy with the football show at the moment. This week will have clocked. Uh, it will see me get uh, 20 new interviews start editing them next week which is going to take a long time physically it has affected me and there was of course that one absolute dick of a former player who got arsy and pulled out after months of research on my part i learned a lot from that though and uh, i've been using that as a positive and you know i guess that's a that's a that's a good thing uh, something i was just thinking about this morning and I, I say this because i've already forgotten what i was going to talk about I just get thrown a lot by the amount of traffic on this road. Sometimes you can hear it, sometimes you can't. You might hear whatever that is coming in the background. I just dream of one day finding myself living on some quiet street where I don't have these issues and I can just look back at the 300 or so shows that were wrecked by traffic noise and think, well, at least that's not the case anymore. At least I finally found a home, a nice, peaceful, quiet home that's suitable for audio so something i was thinking about this morning and you often hear people talking about being disgruntled or someone is disgruntled i'm often disgruntled but it's very rare that you hear of anyone using gruntled someone referring to themselves as gruntled or referring to someone as gruntled you know, sometimes someone will be said to be disgruntled or dissatisfied. If someone is gruntled, you rarely hear them referred to as gruntled. It's always, oh, they're satisfied, they're pleased, they're contented. Why the reluctance to use gruntled? Why is there such a poor take-up of gruntled? If words had feelings, and if I was the word gruntled, the lack of use of the word would leave me disgruntled. Seriously. Back to my run, uh, something I forgot 
to say about my run. Have I forgotten it? Have I mentioned it? I'll come to it in a minute. I know that when I got back after doing my warm down, I got back to the flat. I actually put the bins out first in this filthy rain and the the lids just felt really slimy on some of the bins. And uh, as usual, I was uh, struggling to get my recycling into one of the bins just as I went out for the run. I mean, one of the neighbours here, they've got, I mean, they get something from Amazon pretty much every day and they're not great at breaking down their cardboard and, and those bins are always just filled to the top. I forgot to say on my run this morning, I do think I forgot to say it, I did a detour, started my route differently, started it on the street to avoid one of my other neighbours at the bus stop. Uh, this is the um, the the ground floor neighbour, nice lady, but uh, I think sometimes I um, I might come across as eccentric to her and it's interesting that no one responds to my manhole cover emails that I send to everyone in the building just to update them on what's going on. It's like no one really cares now that the work was originally completed, but I'm not sure if they've realised, well, it's not actually being completed properly. We've got these emails telling us, but maybe they're just not aware of it. I don't know. Obviously, because I'm doing audio work, it's something that I'm constantly hearing and picking up on. After my shower, I ended up using a, a way too fancy deodorant for me. I don't know why I went for it. I've never liked the smell of it. I've had it for several years. I don't like straying too far from my natural scent. I always go as a habit for the reasonably neutral low-key deodorants. Let me just give you a time check. 1730 hours. It's going to be another late one for me today. I always go for the uh, neutral low-key deodorants. When I used to buy something maybe a bit nicer but dangerously extrovert scent-wise for me, this is when I was with the man, I'd buy three different ones. And this particular one, the reason I've still got it is because obviously I didn't like it. And the blue can was always a little too strong for me. This morning I went OTT on the blasts and I had to walk to the post office when I left before heading to the cafe to post a book I'd sold on eBay and my head was turning every step of the way because of the scent. So I had this head turning scent that was actually turning my own head every time I picked up on the scent and that is a bad situation. I thought I can't get on a bus with this attention seeking scent. So even though I just had a run and even though I had my heavy rucksack because I had some work in the bag to try and work with at the cafe, I ran to the post office to work up a bit of a sweat to scale back the scent. It was trying to get my own natural scent to to, to counter this whatever it was, this too artificial for me scent. That was my thinking, particularly in a pandemic. This virus, the more we learn about it, it's airborne. That's where the biggest threat is posed. You get on a bus, as soon as you get on a bus, or you know, you might be getting on a train, you smell someone's scent, or in my case, I even run past them in the park. Every day I'll run past someone and I'll smell a scent and I think, oh damn, that's the moment I might have inhaled the COVID. And I don't want to be overdoing the scent. I won't be using that deodorant again. If I do find myself using it again, I think I'll just go for a, a single blast under each arm. I've just been reading today, actually, that uh, dogs can now track COVID. I think in less than a second, apparently COVID gives off a distinctive scent. That's 
well, I don't know if that makes sense to me. What I would say is if you've got a distinctive taste in your mouth when you have the virus, and I did have that briefly towards the end of my time with the virus, then I suppose it's possible you could get you could give off a distinctive smell, I guess, but maybe it's not a distinctive smell that can be picked up by people, just animals, just dogs. Let's move on. Books. As I said, I'm having to read several football books, which are impacting on my usual reading time on, on, the, on the books that I read for enjoyment. I'm, I should be finishing one tonight, Kitty Peck and the Child of Ill Fortune. Haven't read them in order. Second book in the series that I've read, I think it's by Kate Griffin. And I don't think this is the first one either. I think originally I read the second one. This might be the third or fourth one. They're okay. They're they're a bit too weird for me. I don't mind weird if it works and if it's gripping. I wouldn't say it's gripping, but it's well written and it's set in the 1880s. And that's, you know, that's a one of my favorite time periods for uh, literature and it is hard, even before the pandemic, it's always hard to get library books in the right order if there's a series of books that you're after. So here's the blurb for Kitty Peck and the Child of Ill Fortune, March 1880, Limehouse. Kitty Peck, a spirited but vulnerable 17-year-old, is the reluctant heiress to paradise, the criminal empire previously overseen by the formidable Lady Ginger, just... Uh, aware there was a hard swallow on my part before I launched into that. Let's see if I pick it up when I'm editing this. Just going to be a light edit so I can just get this to you guys today. There's the throat going. Far from the colour and camaraderie of the music hall where Kitty had been working, this newfound power brings with it isolation and uncertainty. Desperate to reconnect with Joey, her estranged brother, Kitty travels to Paris Reunited at last, she is unable to refuse his request to take a child back to London. Within days of her return, it's clear that someone has followed them, and this someone is determined to kill the child and anyone who stands in their way. Sounds suspiciously like the pilot episode of Kid Cop. A Kitty Peck and the Child of Ill Fortune is a fast-paced historical mystery with breathtaking twists and turns that takes us from the decadent bohemian world of late 19th century Paris to a deadly secret at the heart of the British Empire. Breakfast news. Let's have that breakfast news. Uh, 67 appearances now for Toast in the last 85 days. Back-to-back appearances. Toast yesterday, Toast this morning. Forgot. Uh, now I'm realising I forgot to buy a loaf, though I do have enough bread at the moment. Also going easy on the milk buying after running into trouble with my expiry dates, trying to... Um, Trying to stagger them better. Let me give you my nectar points for the week. Going into today's, uh, today's even, um, Sainsbury's shop, just a small shop at the uh, Nine Elms Monster. I found myself on 300 points, bought some antibacterial wipes and some decaf as well, some crackers, uh, Sainsbury's own 39 all in all, six pounds forty-nine spent. Previous points balance. I've just given that to you. Uh, three hundred earned six points today. That's worth uh, well, it's three hundred and six points now, and that's worth one pound fifty-three. Do get me your nectar points or store points if you've got them and if you want to share them. How have you been doing in the pandemic era with your points? DRT available at westa1607.co.uk. Uh, Patreon. 
supporters got uh, a full match report on the Star Wars FA Cup final that was played uh, last Monday night between Hoth and uh, Tatooine. Uh, Hoth lost that. They had to recover ahead of uh, Saturday's Europa League final. I'm so tired that I've not even been able to complete the Star Wars football season yet. It's been going on since September. It's the fifth Silver Age season. Before that, I'd crammed in four into 13 months, and it's taken me, what, eight, nine months? It's taken me a proper season, an actual real-life season, to complete the Silver Age season, season five. And uh, Hoth were up against Moz Eisley in the Europa League final. They were in danger of losing a second final. They've missed out on the title. They've missed out on the FA Cup. This will be the year, possibly, that goes down as the lost double for Hoth. But, uh, you know, to finish second, their highest ever placing in the league is no mean feat. And they were fifth last season, so they're showing brilliant progress. And on Saturday, although they weren't at their fluid best, the season definitely was tailing off for them. They did beat Moz Eisley 3-1, two goals from Skipper Lando and a late goal from Pruneface to become Hoth's top scorer on 10 goals despite only joining or rejoining the club rather back in January. Lando's second goal was incredible. Probably the best goal he's scored in 38 years of Star Wars football. He's been with Hoth his entire career. This was an incredible goal. It was a dive-in header, a bullet header. The keeper made contact but couldn't keep it out of the net. The cross had come in from Squidhead. Squidhead, the former Alderaan striker whose goal won Alderaan the uh, title in Silver Age Season 1. He's been with Hoth now for two years. He's just signed a new three-year contract. It was his brilliant cross trying to think if it came from the left might have come from the left yeah I think it came from the left not towards the mousetrap end the other end and uh, it wasn't a great final but uh, Hoth will now contest both the charity shield with Tatooine uh, or community shield as well uh, I suppose charity shield is an outdated word now community shield and also the European Super Cup will be between Hoth and either Tatooine or Endor who contest the Champions League final in the next couple of days and uh, Endor underdogs for that because they've got quite a few injuries uh, going into the game, which has cost them, I think, at least two or three uh, players from their squad, including two first-team regulars. Okay, today's trip to the cafe. Miserable weather. It was raining when I was running. It stopped. I went out, did my shop in Sainsbury. As soon as I arrived at the cafe, it started running, uh, raining again even, and I saw a guy indoors in the cafe couldn't see many more people inside and uh, I know that from last week we were allowed to go inside but I don't think anybody was going inside into the cafe I don't know whether that was the cafe feeling it was too early or people just uh, prefer to stay outdoors and there was a little sign on the door saying come in must wear mask indoors I thought well how are you going to wear your mask if you're drinking coffee I looked at the windows above the retractable doors they were all closed no ventilation but there was no one sitting outside the rain was coming down it was windy as well I needed to get some work done but at the same time I'm thinking what am I doing and I was still thinking what am I doing as I reluctantly ventured in first person I saw was Seb K 
the uh, waiter with a light tan lesion on either the left temple or the right temple, I forget which, he was masked up standing behind the bar. Also, I saw an original era waiter, the late owner's husband's cousin. He must be in his 40s now. He was only young when he was there when I uh, first went to the cafe 20 years ago. And he was there, I think, as a waiter for three or four years before leaving. He doesn't look much older, to be honest. I think he's one of those guys who's always going to look much younger than he is. And seeing him there reminded me that, in a way, I was the Dennis Franz of the cafe among my set of friends. Because in the early days, 20 years ago, I'd go there as often with friends as I would alone. And there were two or three regular friends, Lopez among them, who were in there with me most of the time before it became a solitary experience where it became the place where I could do my best work, where I could just shut myself off. And uh, unfortunately, in the process, probably took in about four or five years of passive smoking that may have cut short my time on this planet. But it wasn't it wasn't my place. It was the place for me and friends. And then it gradually became my place and everyone fell away except me. And it's a bit like NYPD Blue, you know, David Caruso left and a number of other actors left. And until the end, Dennis Franz was the last man standing. Andy Sipowitz, his character, he was still there until the final year of NYPD Blue, uh, series 12 which wasn't very good. I, I I don't think it was very good, to be honest, after the first series. I think Series 6 threatened to get back to what the show was in its early days. But that's how I feel. I feel like Dennis Franz. There's something sad about being the last person left and you're in this place and you have all these memories and those people who shared those memories with you are no longer there for whatever reason. My regular table of the first 19 years of my time there, the toilet table, it's gone. There's just a big space there by the loos. The swing saloon doors are still there. I would have thought they might have gone because that's extra contact, unnecessary contact, really. And uh, they do nothing anyway when uh, things get a bit fruity, let's say, in that particular area of the cafe. One or two regulars exiting the loos today without the hand washing the dirty buggers. Typical SW8. If for a moment I thought I was somewhere different, because the cafe did look different with several tables taken out, and, you know, I was having to sit in the middle of the cafe, which was always a four. It was two tables. It was an eight-seater. No, it was a four-seater. What am I talking about? My maths is so bad. So it's just a single table now and set up in a different way. So you're facing the bar rather than the TV or away from the TV. So the cafe did look different. There was more space there. But if I thought for a minute that I was somewhere different, that was soon dispelled as the first regular exited the loo without washing their hands. I just didn't feel... I didn't feel comfortable there today. I don't think anybody did, but you're trying to get back to normal. It's another step, but is it a premature step? I hadn't planned on going in. It was determined by the weather. We're having a really bad spring here in the UK weather-wise. I won't say it's unusual. I do remember 2011. I was, you know, I was podcasting back then and I was talking about what a wet spring and summer that was. I remember I was just dismayed by the weather. Uh, that year because as I have this year I had a leaking roof back then as well it's just something that follows me through my life wherever I'm living there's always a leaking roof that's one of the risks you run when always living on a top floor 
I felt uneasy in there today. The staff had their masks on and yet the customers didn't because obviously we were drinking or eating. I just felt today that I was putting my two jabs to the test, really putting them to the test. And when you hear that uh, the AstraZeneca has 60% efficacy, I've said that word better on earlier shows. I'm tired. 17.45 hours. It's time to get this show done. And I was going to have another attempt there. I don't think I'm going to pull that off. Now I've lost my thread. So I sat centrally anyway. The Wi-Fi was better because I was indoors. But, you know, I did some good work. But I was thinking, what have I done here? What am, you know, what am I doing here? In terms of uh, cafe regulars, not Mick Fleetwood arrived shortly after me. He's always worn a harrowed look, but um, he looked even more harrowed today. I guess everyone has that harrowed look. I think even if, you have, even if you've had what the space daddy terms a, a, a good pandemic, it still tells. You, you carry it. This, is, you know, this hasn't been easy for anyone. The new waitress has already built up or tried to build up a rapport with not Mick Fleetwood. He came in with a filthy mask, off-white, like he'd been rally driving in it. Hello, not Mick, she said. Portuguese, not Oriental. He doesn't do small talk, not Mick. He went straight in with his uh, what's the soup of the day question. No small talk with her at all. That's the state of that mask. I think if he went to the loo at some point, I'd bring one of my spare masks and leave it on his table before I exited. I don't think I'll go indoors again into the cafe unless I see the windows open. I think today was probably a mistake on my part. I hope I don't pay the price for it. It's it's the weather. If I'd gone there today and just sat outside, I would have looked ridiculous. I wouldn't have been able to get any work done. Wouldn't have been able to use the iPad. Wouldn't have been able to bring my paperwork out. Wouldn't have been able to read my book. So I would have been there just doing what? Drinking coffee? Maybe that's what I'm there to do. I don't know. That's tailing off now. As I waited to pay this late middle-aged man with a really curious hairstyle, probably self-cut, turned up in a leather trench coat like Spandau Ballet's Tony Hadley at Live Aid. If you remember uh, Live Aid, Tony Hadley, and I can't remember if it was raining on the day of Live Aid. What I do remember is that by the time Spandau Ballet came on in the afternoon, the weather was really warm, and clearly Tony Hadley had got it wrong. He turned up on stage with a long leather trench coat. He was sweating his way through his set, but the coat was such a big statement that to have removed it would have been to acknowledge how mistaken he'd been with the weather so he just uh, toiled in this leather trench coat for 15 20 minutes and that was what this guy was wearing today it's you know it's ridiculous when you wear one of those leather trench coats you look like you're either from the 80s or a member of the ss and this guy he sat down briefly then he got up and he coughed his way into the gents from his table that's just great i thought there's a guy who's uh, changed his manners in the pandemic. On leaving, on exiting the cafe, I did glove up to turn the handle to the cafe door. This is the handle which over the last 20 years has more often than not always been broken. And uh, I definitely had to glove up discreetly to turn the handle. There was no way I was going to use a bare hand on it. Went left-handed with a glove. There's probably, I'm guessing, about 20 as yet undiscovered variants sitting on that uh, doorknob right now. Did a bit more shopping, went a little, and then um, one last curious sight as I headed home. Uh, 
Southbound bus, 1343 hours, man sat at the front, upper deck, on hands-free Portuguese, all that like some crackling radio. It's a very guttural language. It's an ugly language, a harsh language. And I understand it because, you know, years ago, I've said it many times. I was, well, not many times, but I've said it before. I lived with a girl from Northwest Spain and they speak like that out there as well. So I can understand it, but it's a—it's just very, very harsh on the ears. So he was doing, uh, doing all that. And he had a really curious haircut as well, like Jodie Foster in The Accused. I've not seen a haircut like that on a guy since, um, well, I don't know when, if ever. Maybe I've never seen a haircut like that on a guy. Can't be sure if he was on hands-free. You never know in Lambeth, this hellish borough. I've got to get out of here. Just too many nutters in this borough. And that is it. That is the end of today's show. If you have enjoyed the podcast and have yet to do so, do please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's the only way for an indie show, a small show to grow, uh, to find its way to a wider audience. I hope you do appreciate the importance of that, which is why I, I say it every week. And now it is time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson, and this start of the week, I have again been available.